With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. March 4th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, we said last week the Flyers were on fire, and they're still on fire, sweeping a home and home from the Rangers this weekend. The Sixers are without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and struggling along, but can you say, Jake Milton. The Phillies are now just 22 days from opening day. Did you know their first seven games are on the road in Miami and New York? I did not realize that. And we'll have a special guest tonight to talk Phillies baseball in Larry Anderson. And with March Madness just around the corner, those Villanova Wildcats have quietly snuck up to number 14 in the AP poll, Chet. And we're going to have random Q2 tonight, too. We've got it all covered, Bill. Yeah, Villanova playing better while Penn State has dropped four of its last five, struggling here at the end of the regular season, which is not what you want ahead of the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. But, hey, yeah, speaking of uh, hoops and a certain Sixers guard. (laughs) Shake had quite a week last week, man. Yeah, we're going to talk some more about that a little bit later on as we go. But uh, what a what a uh, maybe a career game for Shake the other night with 39 points and tying an NBA record with 13 consecutive three point makes. Of course, he cooled off a bit against the Lakers. That's to be expected, you know. Yep. Well, hey, before we get uh, starting talking about Phillies baseball, what's your thoughts on the word coming out of the Novacare complex that Doug Peterson wants Jason Peters back as a starting left tackle? And now Nick Foles' name is popping up in social media circles. That, that's big news and not good news to me. Well, we'll get to Foles later, but regarding Peters, not a fan at all. I mean, we touched on it briefly in past shows. It's time to move on. Peters can't be counted on to make it through a game. He's not as good as he used to be in terms of run blocking. The Peters ship has sailed, in my view. Yes, he's a future Hall of Famer. We know that. But you got to get over the sentimentality thing. I thought they learned that lesson last year. 
The unfortunate thing is the talk of Peters coming back, Bill, seems to be a sign that they don't have great faith in young Andre Dillard just yet to take over that left tackle job. So that's a concern right there. Well, yeah, I, I guess. I, I just don't I don't really understand the whole Peters thing, you know. And, and maybe he's just – I mean, I, I know a little bit about offensive line play. Maybe he's just a little bit better than I think because – you know, they've said it's 70%. He's better than most guys. I don't see it that way. Um, but they've got themselves in a bind with uh, with Dillard also and uh, Big V. I guess he's going to end up being gone, it looks like. And, of course, Lane Johnson, hey, he hasn't been staying all that healthy either. Yeah, I'm really concerned about the Dillard thing. It's not like he's a young guy who's, uh, you know, just 20 or 21 and is going to get better. He's 24, and he's going to be, I guess, 25 this coming season. And he should be further along than he is. They moved up in the draft last year to get him. He had 39 starts at Washington State. Uh, he played in all 16 games with the Eagles last year, just four as a starter. And he did okay some of the time. He had that disaster when they moved more to right tackle the one time. But, boy, they got to make a decision on Dillard real soon. But I personally do not want to see Jason Peters back. I think you could find somebody else, do better. Uh, get on Dillard's case and get him where he's got to be. I don't want to see Jason Peters back. Sorry, JP, I love you, but it's time. Well, I I agree a hundred percent. And uh, you know, and and you bring back Jason Peters, and then you get in a situation where you're not willing to re up Malcolm Jenkins, who still has a year on his deal. But you know, the getting playing around with these veterans, uh, it, it's a tricky tricky situation. Yeah, it really is. And boy, Howie's got a whole lot of off-season issues to deal with. I mean, they got so many holes to fill. Uh, while we wait for L.A., uh, Howie was talking about the off-season, uh, I guess, a week and a half or so ago. And this is one thing that he had to say. We're always going to look for playmakers. We're always going to look for guys uh, who can help coach, who can help Carson. And we'll just kind of have to figure out how we're going to all fit everything into the puzzle. Yeah, well, get moving, Howie. Figure it out, will you? <laughs> well... Free agency hasn't started yet, so, uh, you know, there, there's going to certainly be some moves. They do have a lot of holes to fill, but they could, uh, you know, they've got to figure out what they're going to do with Peters, that's for sure. Yeah, they do, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But let's talk baseball, shall yeah, we? Well, well, Chad, as we mentioned, it fills 22 calendar days from open to, opening the 2020 season, and there's no one better to talk to us about it with the now part-time but long-time radio voice of the Phils, Larry Anderson. Welcome back, L.A. Thank you. Appreciate it. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, Larry, it's Chet. Uh, Good. Thanks for doing this for a third straight year. Last year at this time, Larry, it was days after the Phils had signed Bryce Harper and they had some other big new, big-name additions. This year I'm getting the sense that there's more excitement about the new manager than the additions of Zach Wheeler and D.D. Gregorius. You've been down there. What do you think? I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, just in talking to guys first getting to camp, asking them about the reaction, the, the players about the reaction to Girardi, the uh, the pitchers, the reaction to Brian Price, the pitching coach, um, the hitters uh, talking about uh, the new hitting coach and uh, Joe Dillon. And it's just the, uh, the excitement in the players and the uh, speculation of what this year could bring they they were just so excited about uh, about the staff, about the coaching staff, and that I mean that spoke volumes to me. Um, I, I know a lot of the guys really like Gabe Kapler, and of course I think 
you know, a lot of people would like a manager where there weren't any rules, and there weren't. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I just, for me, you, you can't, you can't run a team that you can't run anything that way without rules. You can't do anything without rules. And I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't wish any ill will on Gabe. I hope he has a great time in San Francisco. But, uh, you know, for me, I just, I didn't see him as a, as a good fit. And that's just my opinion. Um, and I, I in, in listening to the, the players, the pitchers in camp this year, um, everything's a good fit. The, the, the pitchers, when I mentioned Brian Price, um, talking to a couple of them, a couple guys that are to be in the rotation, asking about Brian Price, and they just went ear to ear with grins. Their eyes lit up, and they were just they're like, oh, we can get back to pitching. Good. We can get back to, to wow. pitching to our strengths. We can get back to throwing fastballs down and away, which is what you have to do to be successful. You have to be able to do that. You know, so I, 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 I was thrilled. I, I'm happy for them. Yeah. Well, with with that said, uh, LA, do, do they have enough pitching? Can they can they improve enough in the, uh, you know, they have Wheeler now, which is certainly a good add, and, and can Jake right. Arrieta straighten the the ship out, and and can the four and five guys be good enough to pick up enough wins under new coaching? They're they're, they're pretty much the same guys. Well, that's I mean, we we kind of have a pretty good idea of, of Nola's track record and what he's capable of doing. Uh, Arietta's, you know, few years removed from his Cy Young years and his no hitters um, in the World Series, but if he can bounce back from his elbow problems, elbow issues, and 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 just pitch like he's capable, because his stuff is good. I mean, and you know, they talked a lot about last year and last couple of years. Oh, he's lost a little velocity. Well, that, so what? You know, he wasn't ninety eight. He was he was ninety three, ninety four, maybe. Um, now he's 92, 93. So, so he's lost a couple miles. You still have to make pitches. You have to, you have to add your command. And if he has that, he's going to be successful. I don't think there's any question about it. I, I think what you said, the four and five starters, that's when it's going to come down to is, uh, is Eflin going to be there? Uh, can he, can he show enough and do enough this year? Um, pitching to his strengths, which I, I think that was a big thing with him that just trying to get him to pitch differently than, and he's accustomed to pitching, you know. So I just – it's going to come down to him. I think he's going to come down to Pavetta or Velasquez, whoever that pitch starter is, whatever Ranger Suarez, whoever it may be. I mean, the, 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 to me, this team has a lot of talent, but so do the other teams in the division. And that's something that I think where we're at right now is guys are – every guy's going to have to step up at, at pitching-wise. And the bullpen to me is still a bit of a question mark. Um, I think it is for the Bills too. They kind of uncertain. I think that's why there's so many guys in camp. Um, you can only have 13 pitchers, but they they need to find out who's going to go in that bullpen along with Naris and maybe Alvarez if they're talking about be back. Uh, Morgan. I don't want to leave people out, but I mean, if you're going to have eight guys in the pen, there's still five more guys you got to talk about, and they got to find five more guys that are going to. They're going to help him, and, and uh, whether you're getting a lefty or a righty out, you know, with the new rules, that's going to have some bearing. Um, but they're all—I think they're going to—they're going to have to be at the top of their game, and they're going to have to—they can't have the injuries. They're going to have to alleviate the problems they've had with injuries, and there's there's no way to really alleviate that. You just you just basically hope that nobody gets hurt. So, I mean, there's certainly there's no question they can win the division, they can get to the playoffs, 
but I do think things are going to have to go their way pretty much most of the year um, because of how good the rest of the teams in the division are. Well, maybe I'm crazy, Larry, but I think the bullpen could actually be pretty decent this year, assuming they have better luck with health, as you mentioned. And one of those guys, a key guy, is Sir Anthony Dominguez, of course, and I don't think he's 100% healthy yet. Um, is he going to be okay? What's your level of confidence in him and Neris at the back of the bullpen? Uh, Neris has a pretty good track record. He's, he's had some, some scuffles the last couple of years, but it's nothing that's been long-term. Um, when he's right, he's, he's as good as anybody. And a key for him is just being right. I think the the mentality of, of, of knowing that he if he's going to be the closer, I think that's another thing. I think Girardi has roles for guys. At least he's talked about from the seventh inning on, kind of having roles. That helps. That helps everybody. It helps the relievers. It helps them know when, when they should be ready. I think the last couple of years, nobody knew when they might be in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that makes it tough. Um, Sir Anthony, I'm – it remains to be seen because we, you know, he was what 94 or so the other day, which is five miles below, four or five miles below what yeah. he was averaging, or three to five. So, but it's early too, and I don't expect him to come out and throw 100 miles an hour right off the bat. But did he lose anything? Has he lost things? One of the big things too, when when you go through an injury as a pitcher, you go out and you start throwing. It's almost like you're waiting. For it, for it to come back, you're waiting to feel that pinch or that burn, or and it, it's until you get that out of your head, it, it can be a struggle. And especially for a young pitcher, he's got to make sure that he's not that his arm's healthy. I think the biggest thing for him is knowing, and I, I don't mean thinking, but knowing that his arm's not going to fall apart again. And mm-hmm. I think once he gets that in his head, I think he'll be fine. But you got to make sure that, that that's out of his mind. Hey Larry, we had we had your partner Scott Fransky on with us a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I ran this by him, and I, I know you're going to have a great response to this question. Uh, my my thoughts are that Reese Hoskins is still the key to this offense, and he's got to get on track. But um, I heard a stat that I didn't even know existed, and I, I think you'll find it interesting: is that he led the league in launch angle. La, what in the world kind of stat is that? <laughs> I personally don't think it's a real good stat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know they get the top of. I didn't either. Um, you know, the the stuff that they're keeping anymore. It's you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I think it's beyond my intelligence. I can't. <laughs> when, when I look at WR plus or plus WRC, Mike, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, did the ball well, go over the plate? Is, did he hit it, right? Yeah. Did, did you make solid contact? Were you barreling it up? Um, you know, uh, that's that's what I look at. I, the, I think that the thing with the, the new, all the analytics coming in, I think we went so far overboard on it that we just forgot about just regular old school baseball. And I'm not saying it's got to be all old school. Uh, there's a balance. There's got to be a little of both. There's got to be things you see with your eyes. There's got to be things that the analytics will tell you. Mm-hmm. My thing is with the analytics, and I've asked this a couple times, like which which of the analytics help the player? Not not help project what he might be, but actually help him get better. What it is. You know, does a guy with a weighted runs created plus average that's better than another guy, is that 
does that make does that does that help him become a better hitter, or does that just tell you what he is? I mean, that's that's my whole thing. Like the what is it that that the the, the analytics are telling you that are that are helping you. They're, you know, like a coach. Coach to say, well, hey, you're flying open with your front shoulder. The analytics can't tell you that. There's got to be a balance. And to, to lead the league in launch angle, whew, that's, that's, uh, that's not a good stat, is it? Launch angle and pulling balls further foul than anybody else. <laughs> right. Well, it, I think it was the year before last. I don't think it was last season, but Mike, Mike Schmidt was doing the TV and uh, – and he made the comment that he couldn't teach hitting today because it's taught completely different than when, when he played. He was pretty successful at it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't get the whole change in the game, I guess, because I'm a, I'm a dinosaur, too. Yeah, and I, I am, too, and, and that uh, probably doesn't uh, win over many people in the organization when they want to talk about all the analytics. I'm not against them. I just uh, – there's got to be a balance. And I, I said this last year after the season, I was uh, doing a radio show. And I, one of the things I said, I said, everybody talks about analytics or old school, old school analytics. I said, look at the playoff teams. And this is something I, I, I still think is true to this day. And it's not any great thought process. The teams in the playoffs last year had talent. They could have yeah. gone all analytics. They could have gone all old school. It didn't matter. They had talent. They had guys that knew how to play, that played the game right, that did things right. And and that's the difference. It's, you know, you can talk about the analytics, you can talk about old school, you can do all that. But if you don't have the talent, if your talent doesn't match up with the other teams, you're not going to win. It's just not going to happen. You have to have the talent. I think we have the talent. I don't think we have the pitching talent that other teams might right now. But if our guys come through, there's no reason that we can't we still can't win our games. Uh, I think our offense should be outstanding. Um, and again, going back to bullpen, if everybody's healthy and we don't have the injuries, I, I'm I'm not taking a back seat to anybody with this club. So I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward, I'm to, looking the forward to it. I'm really anxious. Yeah. Me as well. I'm looking forward to seeing the, what the infield is on a day-to-day basis. Hopefully, they'll you know go with Segura at third and Kingry at second and keep him there. And I think if they can figure out what to do with Hoskins as far as getting him back on track, that he's going to have a good year. And Bryce Harper, who hit two home runs today, I think is going to compete for an MVP right. this year. Uh, is Harper going to have another great year this year? What do you think, Larry? I think so. I mean, he's, you think about it. Think all he's done to this point, and he's, what, 26? He's, he's coming into his prime or 27, whatever. He's, he's come right in the middle of his prime right now. He's, he's ready to go two, three, four, five more, six years, who knows how many more, to, to be in a prime situation to put up numbers like he hasn't put up before. I, I, really, I really believe that. I, I, I mentioned to him last year our last road trip in Washington. I actually made a road trip, and, and I went <laughs> up to him, and I said, hey, I really appreciate the way you've handled this year. You know, you got booed early. You handled that great. You said you would have booed yourself. The way you were with the fans, with the little kids, taking the time with them, um, with the media. I said, you, I said to me, you just, you did an outstanding job uh, all the way around. Not, you know, not even mentioning the stuff he did on the field, which, which I'd say had pretty good numbers. Yeah. Um, but, but he, he was very appreciative. He, he wants to win. You know, he appreciates uh, the people around him, um, acknowledging what he's doing, understanding what he's doing. Um, 
I think I think he can have three to five more years of being right there at the top, if not the top, of everything offensively. He he, he can he can he can do so much. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry, from a guy that's been in the clubhouse for many many years and been part of baseball basically your whole entire life, I have to ask you what you think of this whole Astros mess and. Uh, did, did, did Major League Baseball get a black eye, and, and did they handle it right? Uh, upon uh, advice from my counsel, <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I'm really not. I, I apologize. I, I have my feelings, but uh, at this point in time, I don't think it's fair for me to share my feelings. And okay. Maybe someday I will, but, but I apologize, but that's, that's just the way it is. Understand. Well, Larry, I have one final question, <laughs> and hopefully I will get an answer yeah. from you. This is an important one. I'm going to be down in Clearwater next week for a fifth straight, uh, straight year. I've been to the Opal Sands, the Palm Pavilion, Jimmy's Crow's Nest, Hooters, of course, Molly Goodhead's in Ozona, uh, Frenchie's Outpost. What's another bar or restaurant that I need to check out? Mm. Oh, boy, that's a good one. <laughs> You've been around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's still called Pier 60. It might be called the Edge right now. It's it's right by the marina. Okay. It's about I don't want to say it's about a 10-story hotel. Uh, I would say the rooftop there. Okay. Would be a, an ideal place. All right. I'll check that out. Give it a shot. You got it. Hey, hey uh, <laughs> before we let you go, uh, uh, Scott yeah. told us that you uh, moved down there a little bit or you've got a place. You've been spending the winter down there playing a little golf and hanging around the beach. Well, hanging around, yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot. For the last week, I've been kind of sick. Today's probably the first day where I maybe sound kind of normal. It's it's not the coronavirus, and it's not the corona. <laughs> <That's good. It's>, uh, <laughs> it was legitimate a legitimate sickness I had. But, yeah, I've got a place down here. So I, I haven't been to the golf course as much as I'd like. Been down to the beach. But the, the, the weather, this hasn't been the, the best spring uh, all the times I've been down here, um, it's not been terrible. I'm sure it's a lot of people up north would prefer that they were here. If they could switch places with me, I would imagine they probably would. But yes, when, it, when, it's, when it's bad here, it's 60, 65. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a little windy. So I really can't complain a whole lot. The last thing, when we had Scott on, I yeah. you know talked about working with both you and, of course, he also gets to work with Kevin Franson. And I asked Scott, who's funnier? that not everything he says is funny. We like to <laughs> knock him down a peg every now and then. So there you oh, go. There he goes plagiarizing again. That was <laughs> that was Greg Castriato's line, and Scott stole it. Ah. Of course he did. So, you know, oh. you got to watch out what Scott says. you gotta, you got to pay attention because he rarely comes up with his own ideas. I will say this. He is my partner. For me, is one of the best, if not the best, in the business at calling a game, a play-by-play, and I'm, I mean that sincerely. I don't say it because he's my partner. I, I honestly, truly believe that. I think he's a treasure for Philadelphia, and, and we do too. And he went on to say that he hopes that you stick with uh, your gig for you know many, many years to come, and we do too. Yeah, he doesn't want me up full time anymore. <laughs> That's why he said that. <laughs> do, do you have a full uh, full home slate though, uh, LA? You going to do them all? Yeah, good. I've got. Uh, I'm actually 14. I'm doing half the games, but uh, 
Kevin Franson is going to do 14 home games while I'm doing 14 road games. Okay, cool. Which oh, is fine. Yeah, yeah. So it's all good. All and right. it'll be even better as long as we're winning. Yes. That's right. That's right. Well, Larry, we appreciate you taking time to join us, especially uh, not didn't know you didn't feel well, but we're glad you took the time. We really appreciate it. No, no problem, fellas. I appreciate it. Thanks, L.A. All right. Thanks. You got it. Have a good one. We check in every month or so with her. Chris Gasco from the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn. Chris, there's almost always something special happening at the Irish Rover, but one of the biggest events, of course, is your annual St. Patrick's Day party. This year it's Tuesday the 17th. What do you have planned? Well, we are opening at 10 a.m., which is a little bit earlier than normal. We'll have all of your favorite Irish fare, our famous corned beef and cabbage, hand platters, shepherd's pie, Guinness stew, plus your favorite Irish beers, including Guinness and Harp and Smittix. We'll have live music all day long. During the day, we have Clancy's Pistols. At night, we have our awesome DJ, uh, DJ Endu, who keeps our party going till the wee hours of the morning. And if you come around 4 or 5 o'clock, we'll have Irish dancers in our banquet room for some dinner seating. So any time of day you come, it's pretty festive and all weekend long. The 13th, 14th, and 15th, we'll have some Irish dancers and all of our great food. Can't wait. And before you know it, there will be Flyers and Sixers playoff games on the Rovers' many TVs, Phillies baseball specials, and rumor has it, another live Philly Press Box radio show at the Irish Rover, too. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Always a lot going on at the Irish Rover in Langhorn. Check out the event schedule, menu, and more on the website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Well, hey, that's uh, great stuff from the Rover, as always. They always have a lot going on, and we uh, we are looking forward to maybe another live show coming up very soon, so we're excited about that. Yeah, we're not ready to announce it just yet. We're uh, f- zoning in on a date, uh, zeroing in on a date, and uh, you know, hoping to do it again at the Rover probably sometime in April. We'll let you know. We'll keep you posted. You betcha. Hey, Chad, it's time for week four of Random Q2. Tell the listeners how it works. Let's do it. You got it, Bill. Week four of year four of Random Q2. As we did in previous years, Random Q2, a little fun 10-week series where over two minutes or so each week, I hit Bill with two questions, one about a sports topic, something timely usually, while the second question will be one of 10 random questions that were already written down a few weeks ago about whatever. Bill picks a number from 1 to 10 for that one each week, and that's all there is to it. So here we go, Bill. The The week's first question is, and we alluded to this at the top of the show, a year after signing Nick Foles to a four-year, $88 million contract, the Jacksonville Jags are apparently looking to trade him. I highly doubt this would happen, but should the Eagles consider bringing him back as a backup if they could get him to perhaps lower that contract number somehow? Absolutely not. Never, never, never. That is the correct answer. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think it would just be, lead to too many problems. Uh, you can't bring him back a third time. Carson will be looking over his shoulder every time there's an interception or whatever. The fans will be screaming for falls. No, do not do it. Not going to happen. No, I mean, the, the, only, the only way they could actually do it is if, if Carson got hurt, was out for the year or something like that. Uh, you know, then, then it's a different deal. But to be the regular everyday second-string quarterback, absolutely not. It would exactly. be a nightmare. That's the correct answer, Bill. You're batting a thousand so far on this one this week. That now, was an easy one. for your second question, one. as in past years, Bill, you pick a number, any number from one to ten, excluding one, five, and eight, because you already used those up. Uh, let's go with number seven. 
I had a feeling you were going to pick number seven. How about that? Number seven says, Bill, are you a more of a procrastinator or a get things done kind of guy? Oh, that's a, that's an easy one. I am a get stuff done guy. <laughs> I got so much on my plate that you better be getting it done. Yeah. And- uh, I, I am uh, I am pretty much never a procrastinator. <laughs> well, my wife would attest I am a procrastinator, so it's pretty much last minute for a lot of things with me. Other than preparing for this show, I typically do that pretty much Monday and Tuesday evening, do a little uh, you know work ahead of the time. But otherwise, like the important stuff around the house, no. <laughs> procrastinator. Uh, I would probably say it's it's probably much to the dismay of those around me that I do not procrastinate because uh-huh. some others sometimes do, which gets me moving around, you know what I mean? Get I got going. you. Hey, two things before we move on, Bill. Uh, thing number one is we wanted to wish Robbie Ellis some good wishes because she's been kind of down and out with shingles, which, as you are probably aware, can be very painful. I've known a lot of people who've had them, including my mother several years ago when she was alive. Uh, some good friends have had them, and they can last for weeks and weeks sometimes and be very, very painful. So get well, Robbie. We hope you feel better soon. And uh, secondly, want to, again, just encourage our listeners to spread the word about our show. We love our listeners. We want to have more of you. So it's a great show. I think you know that already. And tell your friends out there. Tell them that we're available on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Bullhorn, Player FM, Spotify, the Google Podcasts thingamajig now. So check us out every week. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and uh, spread the word. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, and also on the get well wishes, two of my good friends both had surgery this week. Uh, Harry DeJesse and Bob Sullivan both had uh, surgeries. They're both on demand, and uh, all the best to those guys as they uh, get old. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Bob Sullivan. Uh, he was in Costa Rica enjoying the good life last week, and then he came home, and I guess he had the surgery scheduled, so took care of that. Had a little fun before the surgery. He he did, and uh, he had surgery on Monday. I actually stopped and saw him uh, yesterday, last night, uh, in the hospital, and uh, he's doing well. So uh, he's back and uh, hoping to get back on the golf course pretty soon. Good deal. Get, get better soon, Bob. Uh, all right. Well, hey, Chet, you know, there comes a time in the show where you just have to make decisions. And my decision, that, or the, the choice I'm going to give you is, do you want to talk Winners or losers? Pointer up, pointer down, flyers or sixers? You pick it. Well, let's get the bad out of the way first, Bill. The uh, pointer down. That would be those 10-9-8-76ers who have now dropped nine straight on the road and fallen to the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference behind Miami and Indiana. Things are not great in Sixerville, Bill. Well, and that's what I was going to say to you, Chet. They have fallen all the way down to that sixth spot. The good news is they're nine games ahead of the seventh spot, so they're <laughs> not going to get that one. But, uh, I, you know, 37-25 and 25 now, in spite of their 28-2 and two record at home, they pretty much think the place up. And yeah. they're, they're just not, they're not good. They're not good. Yeah, now the one bright spot, the guy we mentioned at the very top of the show, Shake Milton, he had three games last week where he scored 20 points, 19 points, and then that career-high 39 on Sunday, tying the uh, consecutive made threes with 13 over those three games. Uh, Last night against the Lakers, he cooled down a bit. He scored just 12. 
And that's, of course, because, you know, once you have those kind of games, opposing teams are going to learn about you and defend you a little bit better. But I think he proved that he can help them down the stretch because the guy looks like he can shoot. I mean, he's shooting, I think, 46 or 47% from three-point range this season. So that ain't bad. And the other bright spot last night was Glenn Robinson finally having a good game as a sixer. Glenn Robinson the third. He scored a season-high 25, matched his career high, and his first real good game since coming to the Sixers from Golden State. So hopefully Milton can build on his recent performance and Glenn Robinson can build on what he did in the loss to the Lakers. Well, and you know, they, they were in L.A. They played the Clippers and the Lakers, so it's certainly two good teams, and they were certainly undermanned without Embiid and Simmons, but I, I don't know that they could have won those games if those guys were there. But uh, – you know, Chet, we've, we've been talking about this for a long time, and, uh, you know, it's, what are we, 62 games in. they got 20 games to go. I don't know that that switch can get flipped. We don't even know when them guys are coming back. I, I, I'm i wondering if you're going to get to a point, if they get a first-round knockout, that they blow this thing up a little bit. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Well, first of all, as far as getting the guys back, I'm hearing Josh Richardson should be back. He's been in concussion protocol. Uh, He should be back Saturday. They're hopeful that Embiid will be able to come back sometime next week. So that'll be good. Simmons will still be out for a while. And I'm also hearing a lot of people thinking that, you know, maybe being the sixth seed isn't so bad because that's likely going to get you a first round matchup against the Celtics, who they have beat three times this season. And the other advantage of finishing sixth instead of fifth is if you do get past the Celtics, you'd end up likely playing Toronto in the second round instead of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, some people think they match up better against the Bucks. I don't know about that. Look what the Bucks did to them the last time they played. But yeah, they're they're hoping to be able to just kind of flip a switch latter part of the season and turn it on in the playoffs. We know you can't really do that. And I don't think they're going to blow it up, but I mean, we know that Brett Brown's going to be gone unless they do a lot of damage in the playoffs. So it's going to be all on what they do from you know the end of April through as long as they're in the playoffs to decide Brett Brown's fate. Yeah, well, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I noticed in, in looking up information for, for the show here, you know, the Sixers lead the league with that twenty-eight and two home record. Uh, Milwaukee's twenty-seven and three, Miami's twenty-six and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, home court advantage in the NBA for the good teams is just ridiculously out of sight with the percentage of wins these these teams get. Oh, it really is. And then you look at the you know conversely the the road records, and those other teams are doing a lot better than the Sixers, who are I think nine and twenty-three now on the road and have lost nine straight away from the Wells Fargo Center. And I just don't get that. I mean, yeah, I know it's tougher to play on the road, but when you have that much talent, you should not be losing you know, three out of four road games. It just should not happen. And some of that's got to fall on Brett Brown. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. Well, I, and you know, I, I actually I think you had a post the other day about this, and I made the comment, you know, is I, I find it hard to believe that the coaching staff prepares any differently on the road than they do at home. Um what do the players do when they're on the road and not at home? Yeah. Um, you know, so there, there's a miss somewhere along the line to be 28-2 at home and 9-23 and on the road. It's just so far opposite ends of each other. It's, um, 
you know, it's, it's really puzzling. Very puzzling, and I, I don't get it. But now, there's some good news here. Uh, with the first half of this four-game West Coast road trip behind them, the Sixers' schedule does get a lot easier going forward. I think they're finally going to snap that road streak one of these next two games. They're in Sacramento and Golden State, two of the bottom feeders out West. They're going to win at least one of those games. I promise you that. And I have a hunch that they're going to do well on the games after that because hopefully Embiid will be back, Richardson will be back. They have three straight home games next week against Detroit, Indiana, which is a big one, of course, since they're fighting with the Pacers for a playoff spot, and Washington. Hopefully you win all three of those home games and you build on that. And one other thing, Brett Brown said the other day he's very confident that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can play together and will win a championship together. The question is, will Brett Brown be there as coach for that? I'm guessing not. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to see. But, uh, you know, I, I like your comment that they're playing the weaker teams. They're, they are one of the weaker teams. They're <laughs> yeah. not that good. Well, but they'll be at home for uh, these other ones, too, so hopefully they'll win some of those. Yeah, they're going to win one of those road games, though, Sacramento or Golden State. They're going to win one, trust me. All right. Well, let's turn the pointer up, and let's talk about Flyers. Uh, they came back with a great weekend. Carter Hart and the net, both games. They beat the Rangers handily both nights and uh, or, or night and day. Uh, they're hot. Although they just fell behind tonight, one to nothing. But they're they're hot and they're playing great hockey. Yeah, they are. I mean, how big was that home and home sweep of the Rangers last weekend? Nice to see Coach Av going with Carter Hart in that game at MSG and Hart getting the road win. Great for his confidence. Uh, Elliot in net tonight. I'm okay with that decision. He's played well against Washington this year. The Flyers are what two zero and one against Washington this year. I think two zero and one. So yeah. Uh, you know, they may not win this game, and that's not a disaster. They've won six in a row. Uh, you know, it would be nice to move within a point of Washington, but if you don't get this one, it's not the end of the world. So I, I think the Flyers have six of their next seven games at home, if I'm not mistaken. So, boy, there's a chance for them to move up the standings even further. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, it's not the end of the world. I agree with you if they don't win this game, but – Carter Hart should be in the goal tonight. Uh, I, um, I told as I said that last week or the week before. I said it's time to make that decision. They need to make that decision, and their best chance of winning is Carter Hart, and that's how it needs to go in my mind. I thought you were going to say that, but I'm okay with this decision because I do want to keep Elliott fresh and keep him in there. So they played Hart, which was nice, on Sunday on the road at MSG, and he got the win, but I think you don't want to – lose Brian Elliott because he's played well this year and I think he deserves to get a game once in a while. So I was okay with the decision oh, to go with I, him tonight. I agree. I agree with the game once in a while. Not tonight. Okay. Not tonight. Well, hey, I did want to say to you, Chad, I, you know, I always bring up about that gold differential. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was 25 a week ago, I believe. It is now plus 30 <laughs> going into tonight. And they are now the number one in the Metropolitan ahead of the Capitals, tied with the Penguins, who got a couple goals last night, plus 30. They went from zero, shoot, what, six weeks ago probably, and they're now plus 30. Pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, they're getting a lot of offense. And are you surprised how well the Flyers' D has played of late? I think they're really good. I mean, Niskanen looking like a great pickup. And uh, Sanheim's played well. Robert Haig, as we've discussed in the past, has been a real nice surprise this year. I love that defense. 
Yeah, I, I do too, and, and that's directly goes to the goaltending. You know, I mean, it's not a one man show down there. It's uh, the goalie's going to be better when the defense is better, and and vice versa. The the goalie can bail out the defense on some mistakes, and you know, when when the defense or when the goalie is good, the defense can take some chances, and uh, the defense is becoming more offensive. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And, yeah, hey, you, you take it wherever you can get it as far as uh, getting the goals. So things are looking looking good. And But, you know, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio while I do my real work at my business news radio job. And 97.5 yesterday in their daily Twitter poll, they asked a question that we as Philly sports fans often ask. And that is, which Philly pro team will be next to win a championship? And since we're talking about the Flyers, you can guess which team got the most votes. And here was the breakdown. Flyers, 57% uh, of the votes went to the Flyers as being the next team to win a championship. Eagles, 27%. Sixers, a little under 10%. Phillies, just 6%. So, wow, more than half think it's going to be Flyers winning the next championship. You agree? Well, um, you know, it's kind of easy to get caught up in all the emotion of this winning streak and making a run, but... I mean, I, I really like the young nucleus that they have and certainly think that uh, they've got the right guy behind the bench now that can take them to that level. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it All for right. now. Yeah, and uh, they're apparently pretty much a lock for the playoffs now. I mean, they haven't clinched yet, but uh, the latest odds have them at 99% as far as their chances to make the playoffs. And I think a 12.7% odd chance of winning the cup i thought that was a little high i mean there's a lot of good teams in the uh nhl including boston and tampa bay who are at the top in the east so 12.7 percent that's you know one in eight not bad yeah yeah i'm, I'm not going with all that uh, but I, i'm just excited that they're they've got a chance to actually make the playoffs maybe not have to fight to the last minute to get in yeah I'm excited about that. Playoff hockey in Philadelphia or anywhere is great, and Philadelphia is even greater. Uh, I'm just excited to see this team get a chance. And, you know, hot goaltenders can win playoff series in the National Hockey League, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that because I think they got the guy that can do it. Yeah, and it's going to be fun to have both of the teams from the Wells Fargo Center in the playoffs at the same time again this year. We don't always see that every year anymore. Uh, the Flyers have been, you know, kind of one year in, one year out. And this year, the Sixers, of course, even though they're, you know, having their tough times now, they're a lock for the playoffs. And it looks like the Flyers are as well. So the Wells Fargo Center is going to be a hopping place this April and May and hopefully beyond. Yeah, I'm excited about it. All right, Chet. Well, hey, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do. One of the best benefits, Bill, of having an Allstate insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Give Dave a call today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And, Bill, speaking of Dave's, celebrating birthday number 76 this Friday is Pink Floyd's David Gilmore. Seventy-six. 
76. Hey, Chet, while we have just a second, I wanted to ask you, uh, you made a post the other day about our friend Willie Nile. Uh, what was up with Willie? Did you just get to go see him, or you just had the uh, the Willie Nile thing on your mind? Oh, no, it was his 40th anniversary of his debut album. Um, it came out in uh, late February of 1980, and as I mentioned in the post, uh, I had a cousin who's a big music fan still today, and he's, he turned me on back then to a lot of music. You know, when I was a teenager and early 20s, he was a few years older than me, still is, of course, and he told me about a lot of these guys when they first came out, like Warren Zevon and Willie Nile. And Willie Nile was not a huge star, but my cousin bought the album right away, made me listen to it, and I was happy to do so. Loved it, ended up buying the album and became a huge fan. Ended up finally meeting Willie in 2006, 26 years later. And as I mentioned in the post, I have now seen Willie 20 times since then. And I actually texted Willie last week because he has a new album, first one in two years, coming out in mid-May. So chances are you're going to hear another little interview with Willie Nile by me on our show sometime in May. Very cool. All right. Hey, let's talk March Madness, Chad. As I said, Villanova is number 14. Penn State is number 20. They're free-falling a little bit. A lot of good teams again in this year's tournament. No clear-cut favorite going into it that I can see. Yeah, there's not. I mean, Kansas is, I guess, the favorite for now as they're ranked number one and have been on a roll the last few weeks. Gonzaga is always in the conversation. They're number two, of course. And look who's number three in the country right now, Dayton. You know, we had my old DJ friend and Springsteen expert Tom Cunningham on the show a couple of months back, and TC is a Dayton alum, so he is in his glory seeing right now what the Flyers, the Dayton Flyers, that would be, not the uh, orange and black Philadelphia Flyers, uh, see what they've been doing. So I think they've won 18 in a row. I don't know if they're really that good, but it's kind of fun to see a team like that up at number three. We'll find out how good they are when they start dancing. Well, that's right, and you know the the one that's kind of interesting at, at number five is that San Diego State. The Aztecs are twenty eight and one. Chet. Yeah, <laughs> I love when these teams come out of you know nowhere. I think San Diego State was in the tournament last year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe two years ago. And uh, yeah, people love to get behind the underdogs, the smaller schools like that that aren't there perennially. So. You know, hopefully San Diego State or Dayton can make it run. That'll be fun. And then we mentioned Penn State losing four out of five. Maryland, Denny's favorite team, struggling of late, too. Uh, Rutgers beat our pal Denny's Terps Tuesday night, improving the Scarlet Knights' chances of getting into the tourney. I think they're, right now, for a lot of people, one of the final four teams getting in. You know, they're right on the bubble, and they're one of the ones that should get in, thanks in part to that win over the Terps. So we'll see. A lot of teams in the Big Ten look to be in the dance. Yeah, but they're they're not at the top of the pile. And, right. and I was going to say, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, when do you see Duke at 12 and uh, Virginia is 22? You know, these, these perennial powerhouses, Louisville at 10. I kind of like seeing Seton Hall, Florida State, San Diego State up in the top ten. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Of course, Kentucky's still sitting there at number six, and uh, they're always good. But it, it's kind of neat, and I think there's so much talent in college basketball. Any team can beat anybody. Yeah, and of course, I'll get into a, a pool or two, the March Madness pools, and you know, donate my $10 to somebody because I, I managed to win it twice, like 12, 15 years ago. I think I came in second also 
four years ago somewhere when I was uh, working at the bank, I came in second and got like 200 bucks, which was great. Um, but I, I'm not a huge college basketball fan, so it's really just kind of luck if, if I do anything in these things because <laughs> it's just a fun thing. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to follow along and you know the first weekend and then usually by that Sunday night I'm pretty much out of it. All right. Hey, I, I wanted to hit you with another subject and, and LA kind of surprised me a little bit. I guess it's his job but uh, that he couldn't talk about the Astros situation but what do you think about Ken Giles uh, wanting to donate or offering to donate his ring back? Uh, yeah. A bit of grandstanding by Giles. I find it hard to believe that he couldn't know. No. Yeah. Is that what he said, that he didn't know? Yeah. Really? I didn't, I didn't read yeah, the, the details. He, he said he heard about it through the commissioner's report. Wow. And that he didn't know that was going on, and he was willing to give up his ring because they didn't earn it. Huh. Yeah, I didn't uh, read the full story, but uh, I'm surprised that he wouldn't have known it. I mean, i got to think that's a known fact among everybody in that clubhouse in 2017. But I mean, it's a nice gesture on his part, but I'm not buying that. He didn't know what was going on. No, I mean, I, I think the trainers, the bat boys, everybody associated with anything in that dugout had to know, or even in that clubhouse, there had to be talk in the clubhouse. You know, I think the guy who probably got the worst deal at all was the general manager because he was upstairs and probably didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of reception the Astros players get this year. Um, I think there's going to be a few bean balls thrown their way, and oh, they've been they've been yeah. hit all spring. Oh, right? I know. Yeah, I know. We'll see how long that goes, or you know, if the commissioner or you know somebody steps in to do something about that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of crazy, and they they still haven't ruled on anything with Boston yet, have they? The Red Sox. No, not yeah. yet. Hmm. Not yet. Hey, hey, the other thing with baseball and the rule changes I, I wanted to get your thoughts on was what do you think about this three batter minimum now with the relief pitchers? Good or bad? Good. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Keep the game moving. I, I hate it when you bring one guy, a pitcher, into you know, face one batter because he's a lefty or whatever, and then you gotta go back and get him and get another pitcher, a right hand or whatever. I hate that. I love the three batter rule and it doesn't carry over from one inning to the next, but uh, if it's at the end of an inning, you can just pitch to the one batter. That's fine. But otherwise, I'm all in favor of it. And I had so many more questions for L.A. I had about 10 more questions that we just didn't have time to <laughs> to, to get to, and that would have been certainly one on my list. Right, right. Well, we'll see how it works out. I, you know, I, I, I'm i for it, too, just because, you know, they were making – five pitching changes in the seventh, five more in the eighth until they were out of guys. Yep. You know, I, I, it just made the game drag along way too long. I'm with you. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 to 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Oh, hey, Bill. Uh, before we continue, I forgot to mention we have another commercial spot that we have to squeeze in, and we can do it right here. Here we go. 
Does she or doesn't she? Does she or doesn't she? Hair color by Miss Clairol looks so natural, only her hairdresser knows for sure. And you'll find it's a lot easier to feel young when you know you look young. For hair color that looks so natural, only your hairdresser knows for sure. Try Miss Clairol. You'll love it. There you go. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to have to start editing your stuff, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to start turning that into the uh, administration before the show. I love the vintage ads. <laughs> I know that you do. I, I just thought at the end maybe there was going to be a Kate Beckinsale snippet in there, too. <laughs> Kate has the night off. <laughs> All right. Hey, great guest tonight in L.A. And uh, so I have to ask you, who's coming to Philly Press Box next week? And, and we also we have a schedule change for next week, right? Yes, we're going to be on Tuesday next week, Tuesday at 7 p.m. So make a note of that, folks. Next week, Bill, we have one guest confirmed, a second still a possibility. Uh, joining us live, though, back for a third time, a guy who's a big part of WIP's daily DeCamera and Richie show and a co-host of the Saturday afternoon Go Birds show on there as well, our pal James Seltzer. Always good to talk with James about the Philly sports scene, and hopefully we'll have a second guest talking a little Sixers. Mm, okay. Sounds good. So with that, Mr. Chesco, do we have a parting shot for you tonight? Yeah, Bill, I know that you saw that I posted a pic of me, shocking, I know, me posting a picture, a picture of me drinking a Big Hazy 13, Hazy Double IPA. I popped into Yards Brewing on Spring Garden Street in Philly early Saturday evening to pick up a four-pack of the one-pint cans, and they were flying off the shelves. In the couple of minutes I was in there, two other people grabbed four-packs, thirteen ninety-nine by the way, for a four-pack, and one guy bought a case, which I think was like 80 bucks for a case of this stuff, for real. And as of Tuesday, they were completely sold out of the four-packs and the cases. Check back later in the week, they say, to see if they have gotten more in. So you may be wondering, how was the beer? Well, as I noted, I'm not a huge fan of IPAs generally because they always taste bitter to me, and I'm not a fan of hoppy, bitter beers. The good news, as a New England-style hazy IPA, that is a real thing, a hazy IPA, it's not as bitter as traditional IPAs. There's a citrusy smell and taste to it, kind of an orange-mango flavor maybe, and not bad. That's the bottom line. Not bad. Did I love it? No. Would I drink more of it? Yeah, but not a lot of it at once because the alcohol content is 8.7% by volume. So, yeah, a little, a little powerful. The Flyers are having an A-plus season. The Big Hazy 13 Hazy Double IPA gets a B-minus. There you go. A B-minus. Yeah, not, not bad. And, and I guess uh, the, the deal with that with Kevin Hazy uh, is because he is a New Englander, right? And that's yes. where uh, that's that's where that all came into play. Yeah, he's a New England guy, and uh, so yeah, it's a New England style hazy double IPA, and it's got kind of a hazy orangish color to it if you pour it in a glass. Now, is this something that's supposed to stick around for the? Uh forever or they say the flyer they say right now it's a limited edition but they're thinking about maybe bringing it back every year as kind of a a playoff thing and it looks like it's a hit so you know why wouldn't you bring it back Hmm. well is it a hit because he's playing good hockey (laughs) yeah it helps when you're playing good hockey and winning that that always helps (laughs) yeah for sure for sure well, hey, and speaking of good hockey, the Flyers are uh, trailing the Caps one nothing at the end of the first, Chet. Well, I'm going to get home in time to see the latter part of the second period and hopefully a good third period. 
one other thing before we wrap it up, Bill, what do you think about the Eagles going after a current or soon-to-be former Cowboy free agent cornerback Byron Jones, who would reportedly would get 15 to $17 million a year, but he's a good coverage cornerback. Should the Eagles go after a free agent from the Cowboys? Uh, if he can help them, I don't care if he comes from Mars. Yeah. You know, unless his name's Dak Prescott or somebody like that. Right. Can't yeah. help him. He was certainly helping. But, it's yeah, a lot I mean, of money. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think to get the kind of lockdown guys they have to have, you know, they're going to have to pay a lot of money. But the key is, go- is going to be balanced because they need linebackers, they need wide receivers, and they might need a tackle. So, yeah. you know, I, I say – I say uh, if they can help them, get them. Yeah, and hope- yet, one thing I wanted to tell you, um, yeah. on, on a different subject, I was at the Philly show this weekend and uh, got to see a couple of our old friends, too. Uh, Bill Lewis came to see me. Uh, Jerry nice. Nallen came to see me. Wow. So great to see those guys. But, hey, Jimmy Rollins was in the house and drew a real nice crowd for the Phillies, a couple other 2008 guys. Harold Carmichael was there, and he got a great hand for being uh, Hall of Famer. elected to the Hall of Fame. And, uh and Bobby Wine was there too. So we covered they covered from the sixties all the way to the current with current guys there as well. It was really cool, a really good show, and uh, good to see those guys that stopped the season. Awesome. Glad it went well. All right, Bill, wrap it up. Uh, all right. Well, we're at the top of the hour, so we have to wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Larry Anderson, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC one eighteen Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box next Wednesday night, or next Tuesday night, March the 10th. That's it. At 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as all the other places that Chet already mentioned. So we'll leave it at that. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and Let's go Flyers. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.